one of the all-time favorite shows. Welcome to episode 9 of Because You're Home. This week we are looking at some truly horrific holiday movies. And not as in like Christmas or Halloween. No, not those kind of holidays. We mean like... What us Irish people call holidays? Vacations. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So as many people during this pandemic, um, both of us are currently getting work done on our houses. Yeah. So we've learned a lot about our houses whilst being locked in them. Yes. Yeah, and they're being done up, um, so there might be some background noise. We chose my house today because it is the lesser of two <laughs> oh, noise Jesus evils. Christ, yeah. So if you hear any background noise, they're not hiding bodies in my kitchen floor. Not they're yet. just laying tiles. Currently, the world is in the midst of a pandemic due to the coronavirus, and travel is very much affected. In Ireland, we have a five-stage plan to get us back to some form of normality, but we can't leave our counties at the moment. Now, one of the ways that people usually relax and recharge, Mm -hmm. especially I know for myself, and I know you love an owl holiday, is to pack up your bags and get out of town, which we can't do right now. Fear not, dear listeners, as we have compiled a list of horror movies based around vacations gone horribly wrong to make you feel somewhat better about being stuck at home during this pandemic. Like, while researching for this um, for this episode, I actually was like, I'm totally fine not going anywhere nah. ever again now. Yeah, oh yeah, like, uh, there's, there's, it's one of those ones where you go, well, I'm not going to that location, and I'm not going to that location. So, as a little side note of films, where I was, like, thinking about holiday films, um... In the Czech Republic, they'd filmed Hostel. Yes. They banned it there because they wanted not to get such a bad reputation. Um, but what they should have been doing was trying to ban it in more countries around the world. Yeah, because if you're in the Czech... You're there. You're there. You're hostile. But you're not. Because you might be living in a hostel or whatever, but you're not being killed by tourists. You might be being killed, but it's not known for it. No, it's not. But they were like... they were like. They were so mad. The Czech Republic were like, "You're, you know, you're making us look bad." So I would have like done some promo videos for the country, and like you may have heard from us from Hustle One and Hustle Two, but that's not us. Get to know the real Czech Republic. So, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's funny how with like holiday films and how a country that it was based in, because with a lot of some of these films, I was thinking, "Going well, I'm not going to that country because of that film." Um, it's funny like growing up when I used to see all of the horror movies I always said to myself I'm never going to go to America because I'm like oh, well so Freddie's there Jason's there Michael's there and I'm like who's in Ireland no one I'm fine my niece had actually had that reaction when I told her I was going to New York a couple of years ago and she got really worried because she was like but that's where Sharknadoes are and I was <laughs> like baby Sharknadoes are real it's okay oh no we've got a class 5 Sharknado coming in batting in hatches because she was like, you're flying over water, you're going to America, clearly you're going to be eaten by a shark that comes out of water. And I was like, yeah, in fairness. Her logic, it makes perfect sense. It made sense. It um, made sense. Yeah, so when I was thinking of like horror, like horror movies on holidays, like what makes that a special kind of scary? 
and it's kind of like you get a nice rental or you're looking at a hotel I suppose more like with the horror movie kind it is like a rental or a cabin in the woods yeah. it's a house it's not in a hotel but with these kind of things is you see the gorgeous pictures and but all you're doing is looking at a picture you don't know 100% what you're going to get funny little story that just popped into my head that I wanted to put in for this so myself my husband we we love going to Rome and we've yes. been many times and it was possibly the second time that we went that we went in September and I remember like we were students at the time in college and I picked something of the same price per night as we'd done in the previous year but we had gone on a different time here so September in Rome it's big money time yeah so I didn't realize that so when we picked somewhere of the same value as we did last year it was not the same kind of quality place and we went in and it was a horror story it was a one room they had no air conditioning they had a fan they had no bathrooms you had to share everyone on that floor shared the one oh, no. bathroom yeah and I remember just looking around kind of waiting to get our keys this old guy came out from obviously having a shower didn't bring a change of clothes with him because he came out with a tail wrapped around his waist but the tail more lo- looked more like a hand tail size it didn't Cute. cover everything and he just went ciao and I was like oh god is this like a swingers hotel that I'm in I was absolutely horrific but basically myself and my husband we spent one we literally turned around to the owners and said have you any other hotels is there anywhere we can go and he goes I don't know why you thought you'd get something better this is September it's the height of our you know price hikes and all that and I was like oh for god's sake so we ended up hadn't spent one horrific night there yeah and then they had a sister hotel but we ended up in bunk beds but we didn't care because it had its own bathroom it was cleaner yeah. it was better there was air conditioning and then like the majority of your time isn't going to be spent there and anyway. that com- it completely changed how I looked into um holidays what I was looking for and Jesus I was never afraid to put some money into a hotel to get yeah. somewhere decent but um, that was one where I never saw how bad that was looking at the pictures online. So what I was kind of thinking is you go, you're not in your area. So I suppose if you're being stalked and killed, if someone comes into your house, yes. you know where the weapons are, you know yeah. where the exits are. But if you're in a rental home just for the weekend and you get invaded, you're like not familiar. To break it, of course you're not. You don't know where, you might not even know where like any of the windows open, if they open properly or if they're you know slide windows where you could get out is does it slope down onto a roof could you try and get out up from that way so it's all very scary and then also just for tension reasons Mm -hmm. you're stuck in with the same group day after day you know especially if you're in a real kind of wilderness area where you're not around uh, like a town or something yeah you're trying to get away from it all any tensions and that's something that you'd see in a lot of the horror movies uh, like I was mentioned to you before we were talking about this, The Rental that was out yes. this year. Very disappointing film, good concept, but disappointing film. But it's like the relationship tensions get ratcheted up because you are just in a house. Yeah, with these people yeah. and nobody else. Yeah. Yeah. And some people so can have like their worst to, arguments. Um, lockdown. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> Do you know China has upped their divorce rates phenomenally because of lockdown like yeah doing that. yeah i heard something like it's obviously one of those stories where it's you know oh i heard this but uh apparently loads of people like went from their apartments straight down to file for divorces which i'm sure is like a bit extreme so yeah, like, sensationalized but yeah, yeah. um yeah yeah now i've been lucky enough i actually we've found it fine yeah yeah and i kept going to work 
um, and my husband was working from home and I so that was it we weren't around each other uh, but we had literally just moved into our house from January and we were saying we were in a one bedroom apartment prior to that oh and it was like, god my heart goes out for people who would be stuck in yeah such smaller locations during lockdown oh yeah no we're very lucky in our situations yeah for this horrific situation absolutely and um, so when I was looking into this I kind of I realized that I'm looking at mainly four films in detail uh, there's a few shout outs obviously to like vacation horror movies KK uh, um, but what I I realized like every film I looked into the ones I've seen before they're all cabins in the woods <laughs> every last one of them but some of them kind of are mirror images or they kind of take films so I've like paired some up nicely and the first two I'm going to talk about is Cabin Fever and Tucker and Dale versus Evil yes um, and also I would also like to point out Cabin Fever had a it was made in 2002 and they had I think it was a 2016 remake that was came out of nowhere Eli Roth just obviously he signed off somewhere on it he directed yeah. the first one but he's like from the producer and I'm like you did not he signed that it's like this is the paycheck I'm gonna pretend like as if this never got made because like that psycho one um the one with Vince Vaughn yeah it was like a shot for shot remake but they only like changed like a sheriff went from a man to a woman kind of thing yeah it was just pointless anyway that's that's just a little thing that I've since discovered and I watched a trailer I'm like why did this happen <laughs> but anyway so cabin fever is college kids they go to a rental cabin and they're it's it's all it's the it's brilliant it's very cliched but it's still the whole premise of it is yes. different but it's like they do that where they hit a gas station they hit the town they're going into it they the locals don't like them they're getting i think a few snacks and beer and that like it's almost shop. like college holiday a horror movie paint yeah. by numbers yeah it's the bingo sheet yeah you know you've got the locals that don't like you you've got weird kids that look at you and then you're also standoffish for them because you think you're better than them and obviously obviously yeah um because like i'm in college i'm better i don't know I like i'm so cool yeah um and then you're like we're doing you a favor by coming here to your town yeah which is never the best way to like integrate yourself into any no, yeah, yeah. situation you or need culture. my money yeah yes cletus you <laughs> you need it um that's what I was it myself my husband we were talking about i was discussing like what my topics were i was talking about hillbillies and he was like could you imagine if someone of them goes no that's hill william to you like hillbillies i had to notions. get you to oh to yeah explain this like, to me bill billy william william my name is hill william as i drink my chardonnay it's very funny thank you yeah well thanks my husband robbed robbed he's a joke. funny guy he is it's the sky we're looking out at the sky here Omnibus. and it is looking scary the first time we recorded an episode um there was like a massive thunderstorm remember that there's thunder and lightning yes ah. yeah it looks it looks like we should be at sea yeah it's like it's sunny hitting the houses but it's dark gray everyone needs to sign into grace and emer's uh weather report 2020 yes <laughs> yeah because we're painting a picture <laughs> Anyway, Dark and speaking of painting pictures, I'm going to paint a picture of this film for you. So, um, they get to their cabin and the couples break off. Someone goes off to immediately go test the bed. And, um, but for some reason, it's been a while since I've seen it. 
um, but for some reason they're, they don't trust the water and they're like let's only drink the beer I don't trust the water and which is kind of usual do you know yeah. you go somewhere people turn around they go no you can't drink tap water and stuff like that yeah so immediately drink the beer yes but back in um, ancient times when like the pyramids were being built and they had all your they weren't always necessarily slaves you had paid workers but you got paid in beer and bread because the water couldn't be trusted to be drank so it wasn't clean so at least the beer you know it was nice yeah it was safer I'll take beer beer and bread yeah Jesus that's a good wage um, double but B's yeah so they're like they're not te- like touching the water and then they're all getting settled in having the crack uh, going down by the lake and um, and then at night time um, this homeless man kind of comes out of the woods he's covered in like sores and bleeding and he's like, I need help, I need help. Now, prior to that, one of the guys, one of the friends was like, I'm going to go hunt some squirrels. And comes across the guy and accidentally shoots him. Now, I don't know how accidentally it happens. but So anyway, the guy comes out that night. And he's like, you have to help me. And they're like, ew, no, get away. And then he tries <laughs> to like break into the house. It's or, like, you shot me. Yeah. At least help me. Like, no, get away from you, bum. But uh, anyway, so he tries to rob one of their cars to drive in to get help. And then it just all escalates and they set him on fire. And he runs back into the woods after being shot and set on fire. Runs back into the woods and they're like, well, let's forget that that ever happened. And then they get on with their... The so is that got, kind of just like a bit of a side note in the whole movie? Well, it's 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 integral of their interaction with that man. Okay. Um, because then the next day... Well, it kind of, it's tied in, but also then the next day, one of the girlfriends takes a glass of water, even though they'd all specifically said, don't drink the water, don't do that. Um, and then she is the first to get infected. So the whole point of cabin fever is there is a flesh eating bacteria is in that area and it had come from either that homeless man contracted it or he is patient zero. Okay. And anyway, so... It's a bit callous, but when the when they realize that the girlfriend is infected, they put her in a shed. Yeah. Like, that's what you do to your sick people. Put them in a shed. You shun them. Yeah. That is it. Unclean. Get that bell. Yeah. Um. So then, the one of the guys, because there was three guys and then two girls, one of the guys like, um, yeah, I'm going to go be safe. I don't want to die. He's kind of a bit of a germaphobe. And he takes all of the beer that's remaining and then goes off into the woods and is like, see it peace and his girlfriend's like you're leaving us and he's like boom bye yeah so then um the guy who had shot the homeless fella i really should be doing names it's fine yeah to be fair if you've ever listened to our episode by the one where i started talking about the omen and had over research because i worried that people would be like <laughs> they don't know anybody's names we don't know anybody's names it's this guy that guy yeah. and you're one and look here what else <laughs> yeah sure don't you know yourself Anyway. Nobody so, knows anybody's name here anyway. That's yeah. why everyone is called Pet and Hun. Aye. Darling. Um, no How you love. Yeah. So basically, um, the guy who had shot the homeless, um, patient zero we shall call him, uh, he's like, I'm going to go into town and try and get some help. Um, and he had been bitten on the hand when they first arrived into town by um, a child who was there. And he gets bitten again by the child. But the nice. guy has already got an infection on his arm. He's starting to show signs. They're all kind of starting to show a few signs. Um, 
Like, I feel like I wouldn't feel bad for these people, though. They seem oh, like yeah. dicks. Yeah, but basically, the, he tries to push the child off him because he's got bit again, but the child is now, unbeknownst to him, infected. But the dad of the child, a local from the town, is like, what are you doing to my son? But immediately he goes to 100 and tries to kill him. And then... Yeah, I get that. So your man drives off, and as they are called in, in this, they're oh, the hillbillies. Basically, he gets some more locals with them into their cars and he's like we're gonna chase this guy and we're gonna kill him like it's really more locals yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like it's why is this your first Sorry. thought kill them all yeah but anyway um they had originally i think gone to the sheriffs for help and so there was already local there was the with the local sheriffs there was interaction with them at some point and some before that um but so the guy manages to get back up to the cabin but he's been chased by the locals and they had been shooting at him all the way up so it's a bit like whoa that took a turn but then the so the a couple end up having sex now they're not couple it's the boyfriend of the guy the original girl who had died yeah and then the girlfriend of the guy who had ditched Everyone nice. keeping up with my great descriptions right now absolutely not but i don't think it's your description i think it's this very complicated movie yeah with this guy and that guy um but anyway so they have sex but he says at one stage are you clean and she goes of course i am and they hadn't used a condom so he then like pours bleach on his penis as a way of like yeah. or listerine to clean it and then but been he, there done that like, oh yeah, yeah absolutely that is the cleanest way to be yeah um stds always hate fresh breaths they always hate fresh, fresh breath. breath. Listerine. Is that not Listerine? Oh, Is that I thought yeah. it was bleach, but I think it's actually Listerine. That's quite funny. Um, But anyway, so he then... <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. Clean teeth, no STS. Yeah, that's the way of the future. Um, So he then still trusts, doesn't trust that the, the girl might not have the bacteria. So he just goes, I'm going to go look for your boyfriend who ran off into the into the woods with all the beer and she's like why are you leaving please don't leave and he's like i'll be right back yeah no problem so she's left in the, the cabin alone and then she goes to have a shower and she a mark she has a hand mark on her back but it's like a mark of red sores okay. and she's like oh crap and then instead of like doing anything to maybe help herself she then decides to later on like shave her legs but she shaves the skin off of her legs while she's there and she's like crying and She's really upset. And like the pain of actually nicking your leg oh, when yeah. you are shaving your leg is awful. Yeah. But in like in true Eli Roth form, he doesn't shy away from the gore and it's just like shaving a whole section up of your leg. Like, <laughs> um, but then she gets attacked by a dog who also is infected with this and he's just like chewing her face off. It's horrific. But it kind of culminates with... There, there's all these kind of it's the girl's getting attacked the yeah. guy's on his way back and then the guy who had poured the listerine on his penis is off into the woods but he comes across the body of the homeless guy that they had shot and set, set on fire, fire. Yeah. Um, and he's in um, the water he's in the river uh, which obviously the river feeds then into the town all their water um, supplies and so now the whole town is screwed the water it, it, but he tries to get the body out falls in and now he has obviously ingested some of that water so he's screwed and he knows it and he's like bugger he then just 
decides to feck it. He goes back to the cabin just in time to see all the locals have come up and are shooting his friend. Lovely. And his friend ends up dying and he manages to kill, if not all of the locals that were there. And the, he, so he as one person then kills all the locals. Yeah. Who shot, yeah, cool. He came through, killed them all, or at least they then left. And then he sees that the girl who he had just had sex with is being like mauled by a dog. Yeah. And so he just kills her to end her suffering because I think her face is gone. It is. It's it, like that. As I said, Eli Roth doesn't shy away from. It sounds Anna. delightful. Yeah. He then goes to look for help and comes across a party and there's the sheriff is at it. One of the young deputy sheriffs. And he's like, dude, we need your help. They were like trying to kill all our friends. And but over on the radio, the sheriff hears Oh, all those college kids who came in for the holiday home. They're killed all in, loads of people. Yeah, not, not just that. They're like, they've all got an infection. Shoot to kill. And so he scarpers, or he knocks out the sher- the deputy sheriff and scarpers, drives in a car, and um, he, he then crashes the car, but ends up in hospital at the very end of the film. And uh, he's like, the, all the doctors are like, we can't treat this. We don't know what it is. Yeah. We need to take him off to a bigger hospital. And so then there's obviously another local who's... who's <laughs> or an incinerator. And he's um, he's the driver of the ambulance. And he just keeps saying water. Because he's trying to warn them. It's in the water. And oh. the guy's... But for some reason, the guy's like, yeah, you want water? I'll take you to water. And dumps the body in the ravine for him to die. Won't take him to the bigger hospital. Just like dumps the body off. And so Did then... Did he think he was like a... Viking or something he was going to Valhalla through the water <laughs> yeah I this need my Viking burial yeah I need to set this body on fire but he doesn't even do that he just bleh, throws the body down by the ravine and then you just see then the body is there and then you follow the trail of the river down and then there's these kids and they're taking the water so that they can make lemonade and then they give oh. it to the sheriff the deputy sheriff all of them they're all drinking the water and then you just see that this truck also goes off with loads of bottles of water to then be taken into the bigger towns. It's like a bottling company. But I'm not sure where it happens, either at the very end of the film or just before. No, no, it's actually at the very end of the film. The guy who'd been, who'd grabbed the beer and ran away. Yeah. He um, finally comes out, goes into the cabin, sees everyone's dead, sees the dead locals out the front. And he's like, I did it. I made it to be seen by the rest of the local town who just shoot him to pieces and he didn't have it because he didn't drink the water he drank the beer he lived in a cave for like a day or two and then came back out thinking that this will all blow have blown over and they just kill him oh so he's the guy who had ditched everyone took all the beer survived out in a cave for a day or two there's something i always kind of like a little sometimes in horror movies when they just end and everyone's fucked. Yeah, it's an av- and not just that, it's the repercussions of that because they go and there's a sequel to it that I don't think Eli Roth directed, but um, it's the water that had gone off in that truck. Yeah. The water then uh, gets used for punch in a prom for the next town over. Ah, uh, you then, see, that sounds like my type of movie then. Yeah, and it, it, it looked bananas. I saw a trailer for it. It looked hilarious. And um, they have, yeah, it's all the kids are, but they're being locked in. I think they know that there is a contamination in the school. Yeah. So they're like, the people are like, we have to leave the school. They're all going to kill us whether we drank the punch or not. And then it's like, everyone is just like, 
vomiting up blood left right and center and all getting sick and they're trying yeah. to stay away from it all instead what? of called cabin in the woods is it like border at the prom or something i wish no it's cabin fever too oh boo yeah cabin fever too electric boogaloo i don't know <laughs> electric <laughs> yeah. boogaloo but um so eli roth came up with the idea for making this film when he was working in a horse farm in iceland of all places and he got an infection from rotting hay um, don't know what he was doing in the rotting hay um, but he got an infection from on his skin and it was like all over his face there was sores and boils and when he tried to shave his face it just like all cut and bloody and all that and obviously got him thinking of what if the flesh-eating bacteria or whatever yeah so terrifying but um, yeah so and on the flip side to Cabin Fever about the Hill Williams yes is Tucker and Dale versus Evil, where I love this film. I've seen it a handful of times. It's it was made in twenty ten, and it's just beautiful. It's basically like the hillbillies are just sweet men. They're two yeah. guys that they're not even from the town where the cabin is, but it's one of the guys, um, Tucker, I think it is, and he has bought this cabin, and he's like, it's a fixer upper. We're gonna make it, and they go around. And it's like there are bones everywhere and snippets of there had been a slasher murder um like say twenty years yeah. before that around the area where the cabin was. But <laughs> Dale, his friend, is like, Wow, this man must have been an archaeologist. There is bones everywhere. Aww. And and oh he was really into um keeping journals and you just see all the clippings where they're like, Oh yeah, he really liked to keep up with the the information at the time and <laughs> it's so funny. It's like it's everything about it they're just so sweet and innocent and but then all, like that, all the good in the world yeah and it's actually the really ones you need to worry about are the college kids yeah um who come up and they're like oh who are who are these freaks like they just keep staring at us because uh dale tucker's friend he's like the big burly guy and he's like oh i can't talk to women look at them they're better than us and uh, Tucker's like, no, you just think that they are, you know, you, you, there's nothing stopping you from talking to them. Yeah. So he tries to go up and talk to two of the girls. Now, like this, as I'm saying in the cliche thing, they're at a rest stop. They're at a shop. Yeah. These guys are getting a few bits to take up to the cabin. And these college kids are going to a cabin very nearby for like that for a holiday trip. And um, of course, the minute you see it, the college kids are like, ew, look at these guys. This place is terrible. Yeah. But the... um. And Tucker and Dale, they're just chatting away to the guys working there. They're buying a few stuff. But Dale tries to talk to the two girls and all he does is just like laugh. First kids is like, make a joke, laugh. And he's like, ha ha, hi, how are you? What are you doing? And they're like, oh, oh. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, you should try and talk to them again outside. But he has like this sigh. Um, and it's the thing that like the Grim Reaper has, you know, the sigh. Yeah. Yeah. So he's holding that and he's trying to talk to them. And again, he's like just laughing at them. And they're like, he's laughing, holding a sigh. And so they're terrified. So they get a horrible um, viewpoint in their eyes. Yeah. They're obviously like, we've seen enough horror films to know that you guys can't be trusted. But they're just there to fix up Tucker's house and do a bit of fishing. Like they're just there for a normal trip. But um, so then they find out that that night they're fishing at night time for some reason and um the college kids are skinny dipping yes yeah. want to do in those as kind of per you yeah and um so they're nearby them and they're like oh we shouldn't look oh god and then as they're talking one of the girls allison hears them talking she's on top of a rock slips falls hits her head they're like oh we shouldn't do anything the friends will see her you know and then they're like oh she hasn't come up so they rescue her 
and they put her on the boat and then through all that commotion far enough away that other friends are like they've got oh my god she fell she's drowning they're kidnapping our friend and they're like we've got your friend but as the sims say she's here with us she's fine yeah come over and help her and they're like ah run away they've got our friend and they're like oh maybe they're off to go get help and they're going to come back and get her so they leave a note just going we've got your friend um and then they have she wakes up in the cabin and she's got like a bandage over her head because they yeah. tried to fix her up and then he comes in and the Allison's all like, oh no. And it's it's Dale, the big burly guy yeah. coming in. And then he's like, oh, it's the breakfast. You don't like pancakes. Oh, I'll go get you something else. And leaves the room and goes and get her a different breakfast. And she's like, what? what? And then obviously it come, they end up becoming really good friends through it. It's not even Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing, but it's, they're playing games. They're getting to know each other. Um, and it's like that you just see this is not the kind of film you think it is. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it, but we watched the ad yeah, for it. Yeah. And it looks so sweet. It and I is. actually can't wait to see it now. Yeah, but there's like a part where, because like that, they're they're doing all these fix-ups on the house. They're building out. Um, they're digging this hole so that, um, I think it's going to be for an outhouse or something, but all her friends who find the cabin where she's at are like, oh my God, they're making her dig her own grave. Um, like they just think the worst of these guys. Of everything. Yeah. And so it's like they, all the college kids decide, right, we're going to have to kill these two hillbillies to rescue our friend. Not even try and talk to them or figure anything out. Um, and there's one guy who's been trying to get with Alison and he's like, yeah, the total like douche jock. jock he's got the collar up the collar popped and he's like you don't have to you know we're meant for each other we're better than everyone else you know you don't need this pretense for everyone else he keeps yeah. trying to kiss her and he's just such an asshole but he's like very intimidating okay um and he's like because one of the girls like we should ring the police and he breaks her phone he's like it's us against them and she's like that was my phone what the hell and he's like got this hatchet that he keeps throwing and it's just real, like, oh, he looks like a psycho. It's He's very much so, um, like, the character in American Psycho. Is what it just oh, reminds okay. me. That's just what he reminds me of. But anyway, so they find the cabin, and they're going to try and help their friend. And their Tucker is out doing a few jobs outside. Yeah. And he, um, I'm not quite sure how it goes with the kids end up dying. But it is hilarious. It's, their cho- uh, Tucker's chopping through a log but there's bees in it and so the bees are chasing Tucker he's got the chainsaw in his hand so one of the guys like run for your lives because he just sees this guy running with a chainsaw after yeah him. but then they end up going parallel to each other and uh the kid gets impaled yeah on a branch and Tucker's just still running off in the other direction trying to get away from the bees and his whole face gets absolutely caught in bees and um and his face gets like Tucker gets the worst of it he gets stung by bees um he ends up like later on the film getting kidnapped by the college kids and they cut off two of his fingers so that they can be like now we've got your friend um because it just goes to hell but it's just i won't go into too much detail about it because it is just such a great film but it's everything about it it's everyone would just look at them in the wrong way. Yeah. And they're always, they're doing good. They're trying to help. Like they even get a cop in and the, they're trying to explain everything to the cop. They're like, look, she's here. She injured. We're tr- we always tried to tell her that we have the friend. And they're like, but at that stage when the sheriff comes in, one of the guys 
tries to lunge at a knife against Tucker who'd been using a wood chopper yeah. and falls in like head first in and so Tucker has him by the legs and he's trying to pull him out and of course one of the friends just sees that and thinks that he's been fed in yes and then he's like are you okay but um so the cop comes the sheriff comes over whilst he's holding on to the legs and they're like they're never going to believe us because they think that all the college kids are ki- like it's a big suicide pact yeah and they're all trying to kill each other they've come out for this holiday to all elaborately die, die. and they're like no one's going to believe that but they try to explain that to the sheriff the sheriff's like look we need to go inside um and but there had been like that because it's a fixer upper home yeah the sheriff ends up standing on a loose board that had a nail through it that clocks him in the side of the no. head and ends up dying from it um, but in the end, it's like that. As I said, Tucker had been kidnapped. Um, and it's the jock, the douchey guy. Yeah. He just goes more and more psycho-y. And um, so it turns out he's like, that murder that happened 20 years ago, my mother was the only survivor. And she gave birth to me. And oh. that's why I hate hillbillies. You killed my mom. And um, But it turns out that before the mother got killed, she got raped. And so by the hillbilly and it's a really weird part where they're like, you're part hillbilly. And he's like, no, I'm not. And that he's basically tries to kill. He he doesn't want to get the police. He doesn't want to talk. He doesn't want to reason. He's like part psycho because he was, his dad was one of the killers. Yes. From 20 years ago. And, um, but in the end he had asthma and it was chamomile tea sets off an, um, and like an anaphylactic shot kind of thing. No for him. But they're like, he, but it was Dale who done it, and Dale was saying to Alison, "Don't worry, he'll be fine." Falls out from a hole in a barn where it was like the climax of the film, and uh, impales himself. And like, nice. Oh, okay, but um, yeah, and in the end, like Dale gets the girl, Aww. and Tucker ends up in hospital, and they had found two fingers. They were like, "We found your fingers." One of them is like a lady's finger with like red nail Hilarious. polish on. So it's obviously one of the girls who had gotten killed. Uh, Cause like that, there there are just it's the most imaginative death yeah. I've seen in a film, and even though it's one I've seen again, like I've told you, I love comedy horror, yeah, and it's just so funny, and it's just such a different spin on it. Oh, it sounds um, brilliant! I actually can't wait to watch it. Yeah, so I know I've totally obviously spoiled it for you, oh my but God, there's no, not still all. elements I haven't touched because I could talk so much about that film I just think it, the premise was like that if you'd watched the trailer even for the first half of the trailer yeah it still looks like like something like maybe wrong turn like these are hillbillies they're gonna kill you they might eat you yeah you don't know. but it's like no these guys are from a different town they've come to buy this house fix it up and it's gonna be their fishing holiday town you know but everyone just thinks that they are murderers oh it sounds great it, it really is watch yeah that, actually it sounds really good um, I had a look, so I kind of put mine into categories, mm, shall we you say. You did, yeah. Yours is a lot more structured than mine. So mine, my first two that I'm going to look at are to do with um, families. So the first mm. one is your family vacation with the whole family. Absolutely. And then the second one is to do with a stay as children with family members. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the first one is called Bon Voyage. Oh, it's in, yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised you haven't heard okay. of it. And um, I wouldn't be telling you to run and watch it. It's grand. It's a it's a grand film. Uh, it was a it's a UK movie. It was released in 2006. 
it's a TV movie. Oh, okay. Found it on Amazon Prime. Oh. Was like, this is a holiday movie. I'll yeah. put this on. So basically the whole thing is um, they this family goes on a holiday. They're in uh, France. They're driving from one part of France to the next part of France, to the South France, mm-hmm. so that they can stay in the mother's sister's house. Okay. So it's mum, dad, and two kids, and they're in this, like, really, like, recognisable, like, 1970s light blue Mercedes. So okay. you're going to be able to see it, yeah. and you're going to notice it. So the whole thing is the first night that they're going to have to camp out because it's such a long drive. So they... Oh, yeah stop off and they uh, set up camp in a place where there is loads of other kids and there's loads of other people camping on the way they stop to get gas there's another person this guy comes into the petrol station it's as well petrol stations it's petrol stations and he's in a um he's in a camper van mm-hmm. and he starts chatting away to your man the dad and he doesn't really talk to him that much he's like yeah okay whatever and he gets into the car and they drive off and they get to the campsite. So they set up and lo and behold, the people who are beside them is this couple who are in the camper van. It's a man, a woman and a boy and a girl as well. So they say that they have these two kids. And the mother in this, in, in the second couple is paid, played by Faye Ripley. She's a really good English yeah. actress. Yeah. She was in Cold Feet. Oh, yes. Which yeah, is just yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Like, And the, to be honest, actually, the second I saw that she was in it, I was like, it doesn't matter what this movie you is like. I really like her. Yeah, yeah. So they're just a bit strange. You can kind of, he's, well, he's this really overly nice kind of like, that hey, how you going? Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit off-putting. You know that there's kind of a little bit of a strain between the oh, the marriage couple the marriage couple with the kids who mm. are in the blue car and he's on the phone the whole time to do at work. Ah. And you know that there's just he something. He hasn't switched off. He hasn't switched off. Yeah. She's a bit pissed off. The kids are at an age where they don't want to be on holidays anymore yeah. with their parents. So they're 12 and 16. Oh God. They're on the beach. Mm-hmm. They're on this wee beach and they're... The mother and the father of the first family are sunbathing and the their young boy is playing cricket mm-hmm. with another boy and the mother of the camper van. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. she goes down and she introduces herself to Faye Ripley's character and she's um she puts her hand out to shake her hand and the woman doesn't take her hand from behind her back. She just says, Oh hello So you know that yeah. straight away she's a bit standoffish standoffish mm-hmm. um and she's talking to her and she's saying oh you know i never really understood cricket and the kids are having a go and she says to her son look we'll head on now we're gonna go for food and then Faye ripley starts to play cricket with the other boy mm-hmm. and um so the son says oh can we can i go over to thomas's camp tonight yeah and his mother is like, yeah, we'll just ask his mum. And she, he's like, oh, that's not his mum he's playing cricket with. <gasps> so you're kind of like, ooh, yeah. weird. So the daughter who's 16 has met this like French guy. He's this really gorgeous guy who's like surfing. He's a little bit older than mm-hmm. her and he invites her to a party. Oh, so God. they say that she's allowed to go. Um, They're... 
you know, she's 16, she she has a bit of independence, but yeah. she has to be back by 11. Yeah, fair enough. So the couple, the camper van couple, invite yeah. the other couple in to have a glass of wine. They say that the kids always stay in the tents and that she wants them to be asleep early on the first night because they've been traveling so yeah. much. So you haven't seen their kids yet. Then they go in and they have this wine. Now, the couple with the Mercedes, they're a bit snobby, especially the husband. He's a bit like, mm. oh, turn their nose up with this wine, you know. And to be honest, you kind of just think that this couple are just a couple who work during mm-hmm. the year, save enough money to go in their camper van in France, have a bit of fun. That's and these yeah. other people are a bit like, oh, yeah, you know, this is a passing point from us. This is our A to B. This isn't our holiday. Yeah, exactly. And they kind of turn their nose up a bit at them. So you can kind of tell that by the end of the evening. And mm. they're saying, oh, we have another bottle of wine here. Would you not have some? And they're like, no, we're fine. And they insist that the snobby couple take the bottle of wine. Okay. And they say that they have this wine. It's near a region it's beside the place that they actually own a house. Oh, yeah. So yeah. this couple actually own a house in South France mm-hmm. and they bring their camper van. So actually, they must be fairly minted. Like, they have this oh, unbelievable yeah. camper van. They have a place in the South of France and it's their holiday home. Like, yeah. They get up. They all drive off. That's fine. They're going away. That's brilliant. No bother at all. They come to the next point where they have to stop off. Mm-hmm. Because they realise that actually it's a little bit longer. It's taking mm-hmm. a little bit longer. There's going to be another night needing to stay over. Yeah. Yes. Um, while they were getting from that A to B point, they stop off. And they have, like, they look at some castle mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. And the dad is on the phone again. And mm-hmm. the mum then comes out with the, it's two weeks. To save 17 years of marriage. So you know that there is something this going is on here. This make or break, yeah. yeah. So she throws away his phone, of course. And then they as come back to... As you do. The girl then in, kind of goes, why couldn't I bring my phone? Because, you know, this isn't fair. I'm 16 years old. And mm-hmm. the dad is like, but I would have had to pay the bill. So now you know that nobody has a phone in the entire oh, world. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So as they're driving, they see the camper van coming behind them again mm-hmm. and they get really nervous okay now personally i think they get nervous too quickly they're like they're judging it's like that with, with yeah. the hillbillies they're just they yeah. instantly think they're in trouble <laughs> they're in trouble it turns out they totally are but oh. <laughs> really in fairness like they shouldn't have i just feel it was too early to kind of go oh my god these people are obviously trying yeah, to like, kill us would that something. be your first yeah do you know, it, and it wasn't even like, they're so annoying. It was like, why are they following us? Yeah, so, they must want to kill us. Yes. Now, on the way, there is a, um, there's a guard at checkpoint, so mm-hmm. a police checkpoint, and there's a boy missing. Okay. And it's Thomas from... Way back. Way back yeah. when. And so he's gone missing and they turn around and they're like, yeah, our little boy has been playing with him and the first place that we stayed. And they go to the police station, they give statements and then they leave. And they're driving along 
And out of the blue, they're like, do you think it's anything to do with the camper van people? And you're kind of mm. like, where would you have gotten that idea? Yeah. So they go and they have to stop somewhere else because it's going to be too late. And they're in their tents and they see this these lights coming up mm-hmm. to the tent. Yeah. And she thinks it's them coming to knock them over. So again, I'm like, you're incredibly reaching. It's like, absolute prejudice just to think that they're so bad that they're always coming out to get you. Yeah, so they're like, you're, they're following us. They have kidnapped this child. Yeah. They're trying to kill us and all this stuff, right? Just from really Not a have, bad yeah. glass of wine. Yeah, and just, <laughs> yeah, for me and Sabi going, what was this out of the can? Do you know, it, it was just, it's, it's so silly how reaching they were from yeah. the way they went from one night yes yeah so the mum is like i want to leave i'm not staying here this isn't okay i want to get out of here so they do they get up and they drive it's the middle of the night Jesus. the kids in the back are kind of arguing and they're like be quiet be quiet the dad turns around oh, and no. then they this figure runs out onto the road okay and wow. they smash into the person and it's the little boy. Oh no! Crash like okay, yeah. And um, the parents are like, "Stay in the car to the kids. You have to stay here." And they see lights in the distance, mm-hmm. and it is the camper van, and they have kidnapped him, and they had been following them, which is fine. But if they had actually made it more suspicious before. Yeah. It would have made more sense that they just hated them for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. And they start to, there. there's a video playing in the camper van, in the camper van okay. and it's a home movie oh, oh. and it's a boy and a girl. Yeah. So you realize that they did have two kids. Yeah. They come back to the car, they can hear some kind of commotion they, and the couple have kidnapped their children. Uh-huh. So she's hurt her leg. Somewhere. somewhere somewhere along the way yeah probably in the first campsite but uh, she's hurt her leg so the dad is like look i'm gonna go get help stay here he yeah. comes back the next morning and uh, this farmer pulls out their car but he doesn't speak any french he doesn't speak any english mm-hmm. she speaks like un petit français but there is very little communication yeah. going on so he gets the car out they have blood all over them but I was kind of like, is that not suspicious? But then I was like, they were just in, in a car accident. crash. Yeah, so that's yeah. fine. So they get the, the car out. They're trying to tell him that their enfants, their kids are have been kidnapped. It's all very broken French. It's broken English. He keeps laughing, going like, ha, 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 you have children. And he, they're like, not no, anymore. we don't have children. <laughs> that's a problem. And then he looks over and he sees this dead boy off the side of the road and he's like oh my god your son but they're like what have you done and then they just get into the car and they drive away right because they're like nobody's going to believe us that we had two kids that have been kidnapped and this was an accident yeah so they drive off the police come to the scene of the accident and they're like Oh, it was this English couple driving a sky blue, light blue Mercedes. And the policeman's like, I know who they are. And they had given the contact details for the sister. Uh So they get to the sister's house. They arrive with blood everywhere. They're like, the kids have been kidnapped. The kids have been kidnapped. 
and they're like, mm, they're being a bit like, okay, come in. Yeah. And they're like, why would they have kidnapped the kids? Like, who would have wanted to kidnap the kids? And I was like, there is no sense of emergency or... Huh, yeah. Like, and the fact that they distrust them from the outset. Yes. And their family. Exactly. So it's it's just a bit mad. And um, then it turns out that they turn around, they say, the police are on the way. Like, mm-hmm. And they're like, how do you know that the police are on the way? And they're like, they said that you killed a boy. And then they're kind of like, well, we kind of did. That's not wrong, but... But, like, not the way you think we did. And, like, you know, they kidnapped him and then we hit him. But then they kidnapped our kids. But then all of this. And it's just bizarre. Yeah. And then the kids wake up in the side of France. In the house. And they have to dress up in their, their children's clothes. So uh-huh. it turns out that their children had drowned. Then the parents realise, oh, let's look at the shit bottle of wine. Yeah. Because they said it was beside where oh, they where lived. Oh, where they lived, yeah. Dad, like, locks them in the cellar. Okay. The parents drive up and the younger girl convinces Faye Ripley mm-hmm. to let them out. She's like, what happened to your children wasn't an accident. And she was like, it was. He said it was. And she was like, were you there? Yeah. And it turns out that the father actually drowned the kids and all this Jesus. stuff. Jesus. But... The fa- so the parents come across the guy, the the, fa- the fake dad. Yeah. And they kill him. And then the kids just run across the bridge and they're like, Mom, Dad. And they're like, oh, hey. That's grand. And that's the end. <laughs> it's the most bizarre movie. And actually, the young boy in it, right? Yeah. I was looking up who was in it and everything. So he's actually a Canadian actor. Okay. Who is most noted for being the voice of Arthur in Hey Arthur. No way. Yeah. So that was actually the most interesting part of the movie. Oh, wow. Oh, God. It was bizarre. It was yeah. very strange. And I'm glad I watched it because um, it gives me... It made me... you never want to go on a road trip. Yeah, absolutely. And I never would anyway. It's just my idea of a nightmare. Yeah. But I just thought, yeah, so... You don't need to watch it now, guys. No. Ever. I feel, though, that if we ever went on a road trip, because of the amount of horror films we'd see, we'd go We'd go to that 11, go from 1 to 11. Yeah. Just straight away, not trusting anybody because of, well, I've seen this film where this happens, and I've seen that where that happens. So We'd just be in normal traffic, and we'd be like, oh my God, we're being followed. Lock down the windows. Wind them up. Not I, I do do that though if we're driving anywhere I'm like lock the doors and Warren's yeah. like why and I'm like just lock, just lock them. them lock them yeah my second of the families is The Visit mm, that's a great film it's such a good film I watched it again yesterday and it's M. Night Shyamalan I think it's my favourite of his movies Absolutely. it's actually it's when he's starting to get his groove back yeah I think it's actually one of my favourite horror movies of the last while I just think it's really yeah. really good it's very clever it's so clever and I think without being too in your face mm. are brilliant in it the young boy did annoy so me but at the funny. very very end when he's like doing the, the singing or the rap oh, yeah. for the credits I'm just like oh, cringe I think he's so cute and when he decides instead of like cursing he's gonna say female pop star names so like every so often he's yeah. just like oh Katy Perry yeah. oh Shakira 
I actually must try that at work. That'd it's be great. It's so funny. It's so brilliant. But I love the mum. I think the mum was in something like Sweet Valley High when we were growing up. She was also in Parks and Recreation and okay. a few other things. And she's in Bad Moms. Yes, And she, she is. is just, she, she's brilliant. A brilliant I wish she got longer in it. Yeah. Because this was like a serious kind of role for her where she couldn't be that funny. And you're like, oh, I just love her. Yeah, I really like her. I really liked the kids. The yeah. grandparents obviously are bonanas. Oh yeah. But the just the story behind it and the idea behind it, I just thought it was brilliant. Um, I really loved their relationship with their mum. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No family tension. That the brother and sister get on well. Yeah. Yeah. They were really happy to see her go into a second relationship. Yeah. I was like, this is actually such a really lovely portrayal. It's refreshing of a single parent family. Yeah. I was like, not all kids. None of the cliches. Hate their, yeah. Like. Yeah. I you know just, my real dad yeah. yeah and it's funny like I would never have had that grown up I never had this problem with my mum having a relationship or anything like that and it's so refreshing just to see someone else normal like people you were. like yeah. that where, yeah. so that was my second one so I think the visit is definitely something there to rewatch there are some re-watch. seriously creepy scenes in that as we yes. spoke about before with the, the crawling, crawling and then the diaper scene Stop! I actually forgot about that. Because the kid has a serious yeah. germ problem, doesn't he? And he's so, like the whole way through. The granddad yeah, is actually yeah. quite nice. Yeah, and, and then, then he, he just, just turns around. Oh. I've never liked you, and I was like, oh, don't say that. Yeah. The minute she says you need to listen to me, they're not your grandparents. Oh I'm my like, stomach uh, dropped. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I was thinking, oh, maybe it's like a possession film or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's I where I thought it was. Didn't not that, see that no. at all. Yeah, that she was like gotten by a ghost, and the granddad was trying to keep her sweet, and that that maybe caused the estrangement with the mother yes. and all. That's the way I was going for so long. Yeah, and then when she's like, "They're not your grandparents," I went. I was like, <gasps> "Oh, yeah. god, yeah, no, it's such a great film." And also for like a found footage, air quotes, kind of because like that they're recording a lot of yeah. this with themselves. Again, it's like I was just saying in As Above, So Below, it's another one where people survive. Yeah. And I do like a found footage because you think found footage, you go, how can I root for anyone? I actually wouldn't I know even they're all consider gonna... this as a found footage. No, it's footage. not really, but they are recording. But in a way it is. Yeah. Um, and I didn't hate it. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I thought it was a very, very good premise and I'm loving when you get these films where it's they take the chance they do a complete, they're not just doing a yeah. tried and tested method of horror films. They are doing all these different kinds of films. And it, it is, it's just great because like that, usually it's hard to get those ideas backed financially yeah. Yeah. Uh, for anyone to take a risk with them. Um, so no, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. It's a very clever movie. Very. Um, so my last two, again, of my cabin section um, of, of films is... The 1981 original Evil Dead. Yeah. And then the Cabin in the Woods from 2011. So 30 years in the difference. Lovely. But same premise-ish. Um, so Evil Dead, the very first one. Everyone will think of the Evil Dead um, series of films as being like the funny, wacky films. Yeah. But the very first one was a straight up serious film. And then with the Evil Dead 2, it was almost like the same premise of the late lead character Ash and um, then it was like a completely different group of people but then they just go balls out crazy Um, it's in that one where his hand tries to kill him so he has to cut, chop yes. his hand off 
Um, in the second one, it's like the head of his girlfriend who he has to kill in the first one is talking to him and nagging at him and everything like that. Like it is, it's just he's losing his mind in it. And then by the third one, it's he's traveled back in time. And it is, it's just absolutely bonkers. And then there's also most recently Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah. Uh, the TV show. And that one was brilliant. I love Bruce Campbell as an actor. And I don't get to see him in enough things, but he's just all known for playing Ash in the Evil Dead franchise. So the very first one, as I said, it's a straight up film. It's again, five college friends. It's all college friends as always. Yep. Yeah. They are going to a cabin um, out in the woods and um, they decide to take um, an absolute look around the house and see what they can get. And they see that there is a tape recorder and a book. And it's the Book of the Dead, um, known as the Mortorum de Monto, mouthful. <laughs> so they're they're in the basement of the cabin because they just, like, I mean, wouldn't you? You see your place, you decide, I'm going to check, see what every room is like. And I'm going to go into the basement and this, that and the other. So that's where they come across the recording. And it's basically someone who had been researching that book. They had transcribed it or sorry, they decoded it and they were reading out what it meant in the Latin. By playing the record, they bring out the demons that possess the body they can go into. Because when they do it in the film, it's just you get to see like this fast moving camera. Yeah. And you hear the noise. It's like as if it's traveling on the wind. Um, but it's the demons moving. And it's great because it's like a little hunting thing. You just see it moving around, kind of shaky cam style. And it's traveling and then it gets into the house. And as it hits you, it will like knock you off your feet. But um, so that's the demon and it will then possess you. But like there's some really weird scenes in that when the demons have been released. Like one of the girls before she gets possessed, her name is Cheryl. She's for some reason she's gone outside at the nighttime. But I don't know if you remember this or if you've ever seen it, but she like gets raped by a tree. Oh, yes. Yeah. It was, I remember like I, I, Myself and Shauna had this and we were watching it in my house because I was like, I've always wanted to see this. And we watched the tree scene and we were like, holy God, what the hell's happening? I didn't know a tree could do that. <laughs> they can't. Yeah, no, they can't. Spoiler. Yeah. Think of like, if you got, what's that, a thorn? Or yeah. A splinter? A splinter. No, stop. Go on. Right. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, so she is raped by the evil force and then it then possesses her she comes back into the cabin tries to explain what happened to her but like nobody believes her so cheryl is the sister of ash and he decides um to drive her into town where she can stay the night he's like we're going to get you out of here i'm going to go get your help but as they go the bridge that they came over um to get to the cabin has been absolutely destroyed so obviously when the demons have came in Handy. they destroyed the bridge yeah. as you do so they go back into the cabin and then like pretty much by the time it took to get out there and then back into the cabin, Cheryl is fully possessed and she stabs Linda, who is Ash's girlfriend. I think she stabs her in the ankle with like a pencil and it was great like special effects that they used, but it was just like, whoo, um, I was just thinking of the lead poisoning, yeah. um, but so they lock Cheryl in the basement and that's why you have that scene where she pokes through and she starts talking, you know, like, I'm going to kill every one of you. She's got that really high-pitched voice. And Common theme. Locking people in sheds and basements. basements. Yeah. So she's in the in the basement or in the cellar. Then, of course, Linda then gets possessed. After only being stabbed in the ankle 
by a pencil. She gets possessed. So they then lock her in the basement with Cheryl. So this guy has his sister and his girlfriend possessed and locked up in a cellar. And then there's another girl there called Shelly. And don't know what happens to her, but I think it's like the demon can hop and spread out and it possesses her. And then she kills her, um, I think it's her boyfriend, but she kills one of the male characters there, Scotty. She dismembers him with an axe. And um, so then what the survivors do is they just wrap the dismembered body parts in the blanket and bury them. So it, it, it's just so weird. Ash is like, he's checking on everyone. And then obviously his girlfriend's possessed. It's just... Bonkers. Yeah. And then it's, you can almost see, it is straight up serious, but it is so bonkers. You're like, you would laugh on it now. Look, like this film was banned for obviously the tree scene and just its gore and because it was came out in the early 80s yeah it was just and also the name evil dead like this was spider-man director sam raimi um the original spider the toby Maguire ones yeah so he had he was actually great friends with bruce campbell and he has a brother called ted raimi as well so ted and that they used to they did a few films where ted would be a part-time actor in it but they had decided that bruce is the one that all the girls want to see. So he became the actor of it. Like they were always just making these stories up, like mucking around with cameras and stuff. But they decided, you know, of us all, you're the one who's going to be the actor because you're the good looking one and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> oh, God. But, um, so Ash is, as we get back in, his girlfriend is completely possessed. She tries to stab Ash. Um, but she falls then in the fight. She falls on the dagger. He, um, drags her outside cuts her up with a chainsaw but then he can't do it he's like i'm gonna you know dismember you like the rest of them um so he buries her as that's what you do but then she rises from the grave and as he was burying her he like decapitates her with the shovel so that's how her head then she's talking to him and ma- and then that head is still in, in the second film yeah. and everything um but so he then comes back into the cabin and the cellar door is open and his sister is like like she's gone so he's looking where but she jumps in from a window and starts to attack him um, and he shoots her with a shotgun but she doesn't die so he starts to barricade up the house and he runs you know he's getting his weapons he's trying to bar. he's the last man standing yes um and then everyone is starting to come back that scotty who had been like hacked up into pieces he's reanimated they're all starting to <laughs> attack him ash whilst barricading himself notices that everybody is starting to scream and yeah. smoke is coming out of their bodies because the necronomicon accidentally fell into the fire um <laughs> and so he puts it into the flames like proper to let it catch fire and then the demons they they stop trying to attack him and they begin to rot away as also the dawn breaks and so ash finally daytime like that we always say you should feel safer yes so he starts yes. yeah and he stands outside. He's like, oh, I did it. I survived. Um, but then the evil force chases him and like knocks him over. And like that's the end of the film where the, like, the, the demon hasn't stopped just because it's daytime. It ends there. And then I think with the sequel done a few years later, they kind of recap on what happened in the first one. And it's basically him trying to run away from the evil force and come into the house and then some the actually it's the daughter of the guy who had been transcribing the book of the dead okay she 
uh, comes to help him out because he's like an archaeologist or something like that. So the second film is actually quite good as well. It carries on from the first, but it's gone on a funnier way. And then like that, it just goes absolute bananas. Oh, but um, it. yeah, it was it was just a great film. Like they actually found this abandoned cabin to make the film in. And they part of the crew were sleeping in that cabin. Yeah. But it had like no running water and like they were all getting the crew were getting sick because it was so cold at night time that by the end of the film any of the furniture they didn't need they were starting to burn it up to uh, there was like 13 people living in this tiny cabin that's insane yeah bruce campbell had to after every day of filming get on the back of a wagon to get dropped back into the town nearby covered in blood usually like just you know normal day but I think it was a Sam Raimi wanted to call it like the book of the dead but honestly thought that no kid would want to watch a film that had like a literary title if they thought oh, it was yeah. about a book so he just called it the evil dead but because it was called evil dead it was it actually just got banned by title alone it didn't get banned for I like I was saying the tree content all yes. that sort of stuff but it was when they were going through their whole satanic panic in the 80s and banning they were like well this film's called evil dead it has to be the worst of the worst yeah. And so they tried to ban even like the second one and the third one uh, for the very same reason. I'm like, but these are funny films. Like they're slapstick kind of. Yes, they're not. And then I also read up that they, um in the start of the film, when they were reading from the Necronomicon, they were going to write it that they'd all be high after smoking mm-hmm. uh, Sweet Mary J. But um they got them to do it for real. Yeah. <laughs> And then realized that this was never going to work because he couldn't direct them when they were all so high. I'm like, why? This is what acting is. They're not method. Or they were all like, we're very method. So this is exactly what yeah, we need. Yeah, we're so into our meds. So that leads me into the mirror film for that in my eyes, which is The Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Which is a fantastic film. Again, it's, it's once you know how it ends, you're like, oh, I wish I could erase my memory and watch it again. Yeah. It's just fantastic. It's the whole premise of it is, again, kids, I'm repeating myself so much, college friends going yeah. to a cabin. But the film starts, it's actually um, produced by uh, Joss Whedon, Buffy, and the Avenger films and all that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's great. Like, it starts very where you're in like this underground office kind of location um and you're like what i thought this was a scary film what's going on and it's just two guys droning on about what they did over the weekend and this that and the other and then it just goes <clears throat> cabin in the woods just comes up on the screen yeah but okay so the whole premise of it is um spoilers um <laughs> they have to kill the cliched characters of the jock the nerd the jester um and the slag or the promiscuous woman um, <laughs> slag. Slag. but basically and there's always a virginal character who can yes. be killed or not um, and the whole premise you don't find out until Sigourney Weaver love her she comes in and does like this little cameo at the end and explains that all these characters have to die so that the gods who are living inside the world can be sated this either happens maybe every couple of years or yeah. but the guys at the start in this like an office kind of um setting they're the guys who have to set they pick the people they make them into help really form them into their cliched um like the the slaggy character they make her dumber because they make her dye her hair the they, slaggy character the slaggy, yeah <laughs> 
but basically like the dye that she uses for her blonde which she's suddenly just changed into a blonde but the dye has they have like a chemistry team and they make it so she like loses brain so she's very smart um the jock again it's he's not normally like this he's quite bookish but yeah it's, um it is it's the, making them into those stereotypical yeah. roles and the jester is actually a stoner character and the weed that they have sold him or got someone to sell him to him it should make him more stupid but actually he spots the cameras in the cabin that they're in and he's like oh my god someone's watching us this is really weird yeah and um there's a joke that we're like we thought it would make them more stupid and he's like he's actually getting smarter (laughs) um but it is it's brilliant because there's like an office pool kind of and um you just you have to freeze it like when i watch it at home i'd pause it because what happens is they're in this cabin and like in evil dead they go into the basement there's all these trinkets like possessed items yes um and whatever they would have picked up would have brought this monster that's going to kill them they don't even have to die in a certain um in a certain fashion like or in a certain way it's or sorry what i'm trying to say in an order they don't have to die in a certain order but it's just once they do die the virgin as i said doesn't necessarily have to die um but at least the four, those main four do have to die. And then the virgin could either die or survive. Uh, hence, you know, like your final girl kind of yes. aspect. So it's like as if every slasher film really happened to sate these gods. Mm-hmm. If you think about it. Um, but one of the guys from the very start always wishes that they'd pick the merman. He goes, no one ever picks the merman. <laughs> um, because what happens is, they then it's you can see them they're all holding the stuff and everyone in the office is like oh is it going to be my time this year to, for them to pick the thing that i want and then they open the book like in the book from yes. um the evil dead and then but instead of it being a demon it brings up this zombie uh, family of cannibals that were nearby and died in like say the 1800s or whatever and it's that family who start killing them off one by one like they've got a bear trap you know the snatchy kind of yes but they've got one of that on now it wouldn't make sense as to how it would kill you but they have it on uh, a chain and they catch you with it they like it's open. like if it caught your head yeah but it catches like someone in the back and they drag it and then they kill you it's, oh yeah it is it's but they have the whole everywhere is set up like the <laughs> so bad to say but i can't not say it, the slaggy character uh, um, yeah but psh- but it's like, it's like she's more promiscuous. I think the whole thing is, though, it's a stereotypical yeah, like, but they're all, exaggeration. Yeah, so they're all made she to... She is meant to be. Yeah, because she's yeah. not like that. Because they even make a throwaway comment that, you know, she's not normally like this. There, um, She's quite smart and all that. But yeah. they have to... They I think they say something like, in this modern age, it's hard to make them the way that they should have been. The promiscuous one, the jock, the uh, nerdy character, and the jester. Like, the stoner's the jester, and that's not really... It's just everyone takes the piss out of him. No one should take him seriously because he's always so stoned. Yeah. But he's actually quite smart, and he figures it all out. Because you think he... So it's kind of saying that, like, those... It's very hard to do those non-dimensional roles now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, which is also so smart in itself that they're saying yeah. it's harder to hate these characters because we're more we're more than just 2D characters yeah. now. We're more fleshed out. But um, in the very, it then takes a turn towards the end. They think they've done it because around the world, they're all trying to do something like in Japan, they, what Japan do is this class has been possessed or like being attacked by like said Sadako from the ring. And okay. then there's something in, um, I think New York has like a Godzilla like 
style thing attacking them. Yeah. But they all fail. They all, like the girls, like it was a girl who was possessed that was like the ring in Japan and they sing her lovely songs and she stops being possessed. So Japan fails. Every other country fails to yes. this film. So they are relying and the guy's like, oh, it's always us who has to pick up the pieces and make sure that this works. All the pressure's always on us to make sure that... um this family now kill all the characters yeah. so that we can survive. And at the very end, they think they've killed everybody and the virgin's kind of like, she's half alive and they're like, oh, I kind of wanted her to survive and they're celebrating, they've all got the champagne. Yeah. But what happens is, she does survive and then, but she finds, or what saves her is the stoner friend. Yeah. Um, he didn't die, he got buried on, you think he's getting buried and he's killed because he's maimed. He's absolutely like, he got the bear chop to the back, like, and he got dragged down into an open grave. But what happened was he found a hatch into a lift. He takes her with him and they go into the subterranean. But uh, so anyway, he's like, there's some serious shit going on. They take uh, a lift that goes um, down or they're in a box. But then they see, oh, yeah, it's they're in a box. And then you can see it spans away that all these demons and monsters from the items that they would have picked up, you just get like released out into the wooded area beside the cabin. So there could have been, and there was like, they'd created about Joss Whedon and the director drew, I think it's Goddard or Goddard, um, had created 60 monsters for like this. And there are, there are 60 characters that they had like monsters that they created. There's like a spin off of, um, Hellraiser character. Yes. And then there's like a couple in mass that looks like from The Strangers. Yeah. And uh, there's like, they've come up with some of their own. There's like clowns, there's ghost demons, um, there's the merman, obviously. <laughs> but what happens is, so they, they manage to get out of their box and they get into some office and they're like, what the hell is this? No one, on. no one knows that they've survived. And, um, because they're all too busy celebrating. So what they do is there's this giant red button and the girl slams down on it and all the boxes open. Yeah. Because uh, I think um, there's like a... Possibly either they found it, but I know that there's a scene where there are armed guards from it. And uh, I think then... Oh yeah, they realise it's like the demons are starting to rumble and they're like, well, hey, we've killed all of them. Yeah. And then I think they see on CCTV that the stoner and the virgin are still alive. And so I think that's what they get the guards for. But basically, uh, they manage to lock themselves in a room where they see the giant red button. They press it. And then like the, all these doors open and all the, there's like a squid-like demon and then there's dragons, there's everything. And they're just, the guys are trying to shoot it, but they're just, they're annihilated seconds by seconds. They're just gone, 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 gone. Yeah. And um, then it, it goes, everyone in the office is being attacked. And the guy who wanted the merman, he's like lying on the floor after being attacked by something. And he goes, ah, oh, come on. Because you just see in the distance sloping is the merman. And he just like hacks into them. But they only had, because out of the back of his, like his blowhole. Yeah. They just had blood coming out, but they only had one shot to do it in. Or, you know, to use to the it. machine that they had for it. And, but it just blows such a strong amount of blood out. It was hilarious, the amount of blood that comes yeah. out. And they're like, that we're not going to retake it. We can't retake it. That was perfect. We're going to leave it. Um, Brilliant. But it is. It's just such a fantastic film. Um, and then I won't abs- like spoil the ver- how it very, very ends. But um, 
So like that fact that they got Sigourney Weaver in and I don't think they even mentioned her name being in it and you're like cool yes um, that was a big that was that was fantastic and it's just it is a brilliant film um, but it, it was three years delayed because it came out in 2011 so I think it was what shot in 2008 but back then no one knew who Chris Hemsworth was not yeah. really not over here anyway and of uh, course when I well, first of course yeah. home and away fans well that's what I'm saying they have to do it's like doing getting in a national army like in Israel where you have to serve before you do anything <laughs> they have to if you're Australian it's you either have to home and away or neighbours or neighbours so they've done their work um, but like that I when I saw that I was like oh look it's your man from Thor um, but what I didn't realise until I was looking into the film was that because this was done three years beforehand it was done by MGM and MGM went bankrupt so the film hadn't been released but people had seen some sort of studio heads had seen just like dailies of Chris Helmsworth like in his role for this film yeah and put him into another film called Red Dawn which I haven't seen and then he got the also the lead for Thor so Thor came out I think it was 2010 but this film came out in 2011 so I thought it was oh he got in this film once he was in between his yes his whole Avengers thing but uh, no it was filmed way beforehand and just ha- they never thought like as if it was going to come out which is actually kind of clever and probably a good thing on their side because if people were so invested in Thor they'd almost be like oh I'll definitely go see it because he's in it yeah absolutely like he was one of the main stars of it and another little fact is Heather Langenkamp who was the main yeah. final girl from Nightmare on Elm Street. I actually forgot. I wasn't I was must have been watching some sort of a documentary, but I remembered that she was a makeup artist for films after the um cause she didn't I don't know if she did anything apart from the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise of films. But um she was a makeup artist um for the special effects in Cabin in the Woods and her husband is like an SFX artist as well. So I don't know if he worked on it as well, but that fact you have Heather Langenkamp working yeah. on your film you're like oh that woman it's amazing that would have been so cool yeah uh, and then there's this scene where the oh god i i wish i knew her name the slaggy girl <laughs> they get her to like they dare her to kiss like this it's like you've got a, a deer head in yes this. now not a real deer head but a really cool deer head um made from paper or cardboard um but there is a wolf's head in the cabin and they're like, oh, it's truth or dare. And one of the guys is like, I dare you to kiss that. And they're like, oh, she won't do it. But obviously because she's been made to be more um, horny because of the dye, the chemicals that were in it, to make yeah. her the promiscuous character, um, she kisses, she like, she tones that wolf. And you're like, whoa. But for the poor woman who was doing it, um, they had put a dusting of like sugar on the tongue of the wolf to make it look so old that it was there and also oh, yeah. to make it a little bit more palatable but um yeah so they dusted sugar on the wolf's tongue but yeah. It, yeah there was a lot going on in that film and it's just like between freezing it to see what all the demons were and then freezing like the end scene the battle royale of how everyone died and just all the different monsters that were in it um like that you've like almost purged people strangers yeah. people and um, that it's a real nod to the kind of horror that's it it's it is one i'd say you'd be dedicated to stopping and looking and just to see wh- who you could yeah. see and the fact that it was this subterranean 
office setting mixed with then you were flipping between that and the cabin scenes um so joss whedon as i said he's the producer and his friend drew when they were making it um, they decided that if they open it with that office scene some people would come in and go am i in the right film i thought yeah. i was here to see a horror film what's with this setting so they were like just as a little joke kind of just to and it start obviously it. worked because that was exactly what you thought yeah oh absolutely that's why i think they actually have to flash up on the screen they pause and like cabin in the woods um because i have think people yeah. probably would have left um but yeah i just i thought um those two sets of films there is something that like the hillbilly the parallels from cabin fever into tucker and dale versus evil and then it's again the cursed items object yes. in evil dead and how someone had to pick up something that was cursed in the cabin in the woods to then but it was all of them have just such a premise of it that you hadn't like of the time they were new yeah and they'd again been copied in one way or another but i just loved them for if you've just watched them like they're the ogs of that kind of vein of film yes um and i couldn't even imagine anyone ever copying cabin in the woods of that aspect no no it was just such a great premise um so they to me were like to put me ever if anyone's ever like do you know what like even in ireland like we're going out to the woods there's this gorgeous house out there i'm like no, sorry no sorry no no count me out no no house no cabin no airbnb nothing in the woods nothing by itself i wanted to be near a town and i wanted to be lights everywhere we actually stayed in a tree house no way yeah in west pork it's called and the funny thing was actually it was something that ross got warren uh for his 30th but the the name on the like place we stayed was mm. cottages for couples so it was like the middle of nowhere it was called Cottages for Couples. And I was like, Warren, we're going to die. Like, 100% we're going to die. Are you mad? Yeah. We were like, it sounds like some religious cult Ugh. that you go, like, this pre-marriage course or something yeah. that is actually... It's to save your marriage or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. And we went and, like, the first night, there's, like, a hot tub out on the balcony of the treehouse. Like, it's amazing. Uh, but the second night we did have like we were drinking and like we we're in the hot tub and stuff and then it was like this big huge field onto like a road so you could see cars going by every so often and then after a while I was like I have to go inside like somebody's going to run from the road oh up to where we are yeah and I got so freaked out and Warren got so annoyed he was like <laughs> it's not gonna happen and I was like we're gonna be killed. Yeah. And um yeah, so I totally understand that. Paranoia. Horror movies has ruined our chance of nice getaways. Absolutely. <laughs> like just my terrible mind where it goes is quite funny actually. <laughs> um my next one is so the day activity on a holiday. Ugh, activity holidays. Activity that holidays. That enough for me is like no, it's it's like uh, no, I'm not I could do that anywhere else. If I'm on holidays, no. Yeah. There is, I suppose there's some that you're kind of like, right, you get on the bus tour. You do the yeah. obligatory tour of the island that you're on or the city that you're on. Um. Then often, what else would you do? We did dune buggies before. Did that what? Yeah, I saw your photo. Yeah. That looked great. That was so cool. We did it through like this kind of volcano, deserty place. It was really, really cool. 
Um, and then another one we did, which I didn't know if I'd like, I was very worried about it. And actually when we were coming up to it, the sea looked quite rough. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a catamaran. Oh yeah, yeah, I hate so that. We yeah. That is just like a bit mm-hmm. of driftwood on the water. Yeah, I really didn't think I'd like it, but it was actually class. It was brilliant. But this is kind of something, not, it wasn't a catamaran that they're on, but it's called The Reef. It's an Australian okay. movie. And a surfer film? No. Oh, I'm no. Right thinking of something different. So it's 2010. They're going out in this boat. Mm-hmm. Friend comes over from London mm-hmm. uh, with his girlfriend. Uh, they're originally from Sydney. The sister comes as well. You can tell that the sister and your man have had a relationship before. Oh, okay. <clears throat> they're in Indonesia and they're going to be sailing around. And yep. they're going to go to um, an island and go um, snorkeling and stuff like that. So it turns out they get onto the boat and the guy who's with them, chartering the boat oh, yeah, with yeah. your man, he's never chartered with him before. He usually just does fishing boats, but he wants to do something a little bit different. Get that. So they're out in their boat. It's all lovely. Um, They jump out of the boat at this um really nice island. Mm-hmm. They go snorkeling and then they look out to sea and the guy who's on the boat, who's actually called Warren, is... um. <laughs> is like waving them down they realize that the tide is coming out okay really really quickly so they realize they have to get back onto the boat they go back onto the boat a few things happen in between but they get onto the boat that's fine they're sailing it comes to the next day i think it's either that night or the day and they hit something Mm -hmm. and they take on water and the boat capsizes so they're all on this boat upside down this is also a true story by the way oh god so they're on this boat and they have to decide are they going to try and swim back to this island that they actually can't see in the distance they just know that they've come from there God. So they say it's about probably ten or twelve miles. And he's Can't like, walk that, let alone swim it. Stop. He's like, oh, we'll probably swim it in three hours. I was like, three and you a half would, years. You would drown in for exhaustion. Three hours of pure swimming. Oh, like I'd probably drown in about four and a half minutes. Yeah. But so the the guy who has brought them out is like, we need to make a swim for it. It's kind of our only chance. Yeah. So he decides that he's going to make a swim for it and the brother and his girlfriend say that he they're going to make a swim for it as well. But the his love interest and Warren say that they're going to stay. Okay. So without going too far into the whole movie, um, she does actually decide to go with him. So it's just Warren who's on the boat oh. um, and has decided not to go because he essentially says, I've fished these waters. I know what's out there. Oh, so Warren was the guy who chartered the boat. Yeah, yeah, well, Warren's the, the guy who's there to help him oh, yeah, kind yeah. of sail the boat. And he's like, I fish these waters. I know it's out there. There's no way I'm getting into that water. Oh, now, they have this box thing where... If he, sorry to interrupt, but if he had said that, and that I wouldn't... i trust him. I would. If, like, I'd say maybe if we should stay here and see, hopefully, if someone will realise we haven't come back, I'd yes. stay. And the thing is, they have this box thing that when you press it, it sends up signals or something to... Like a black box a, kind of thing. Like a, a plane over oh, uh, right, overhead. Right, right. But they, they're they kind of like, we're not on a flight path. And they're like, how do you know that? And it's because there's been no planes for the last three days and all this stuff. So it's amazing. It's actually stuff I would never have even thought of. Yeah. So they're swimming. And of course, 
a little sharky shark yeah. comes along and uh, one by one they're Jesus. kind of pitted off so the uh, the brother goes first and the thing is like then obviously your brother's just been half eaten you need to go over like he's your best friend he's your husband or partner mm-hmm. so you swim over and then you're in all this blood which is obviously attractive tra- yeah do you know yeah. so you then just have to leave him yeah like you can't even bring him to like it's not even a case of you know he's going to die but you can't even bring a body the home back. yeah like yeah. so then they start to swim again and obviously they're getting so tired and everything mm. and they're swimming along and they see another shark that comes along and i think it's the same one the whole time okay yeah um, now she kind of says that she's like it, it's the same one isn't it and he's like oh i don't know and i think that that's something from from watching Deep Blue Sea, yeah. shouldn't they not come back? Like, or something, they if don't they actually not. hunt or something yeah. like that. But another shark or the same shark mm-hmm. comes back and it's the girlfriend's time oh to go. So now the brother and the girlfriend who have come over from London are both gone. But before that, they had actually gotten to like a little piece of oh, rocks or something. rock yeah. that they could stand on. And the thing is, they can actually now see the island. Okay, okay. So they're close enough to see it. They're obviously still quite far away. Yeah. And they're close enough to see it. They get off the rock and they go and the shark gets her. They get to another tiny piece of rock. The sister, love interest and your man are now the only two that are there. She realises her foot is cut. So obviously there's blood coming from her. And then they kind of profess their love for each other. They're like, I've always loved you and blah, blah, blah. And like, we're going to get through this because they're like super close now, Mm -hmm. right? So they're like, are you ready? And she's like, I'm not ready. And he's like, I'm not ready either. And they get into the water and they swim. They actually, at one point, the, the the shark does come back <laughs> and it's worth watching this movie even for you know the way obviously like in a horror movie where there's somebody in front of you and you like you can react and scream and stuff and it's probably much easier because there's a lot of people there yeah there's only two people now at this stage now but in fairness she's been doing this the whole way through the movie but they have to react to this air quote shark that's uh-huh. coming around but her way to show terror is her just constantly going <laughs> just being oh like God. really annoying and it's like <laughs> i understand it's terrifying and like obviously i can't <laughs> show the look on her face but just imagine somebody who's like her whole face is just like her eyes are like bulging bulging out of her head and she's in sh- constant shock which is exactly what would happen yeah but i just it's just it's just quite funny. Yeah. Um. So her bandage comes off her foot. So now there is blood going into the into the sea again, and they realize that the shark is coming back, and they're just like, "Fuck it!" At this day, just swim for it. Yeah. So the whole way through, they've been doing a little bit of swimming. They're just threading, so they're not making too much oh, of yeah. a splash and everything. And they do. They they reach the island, and obviously it's very slimy because it's rocks. All right. She's trying to get up. He pushes her up. Then she's trying to pull him up mm-hmm. while holding onto the rock so they don't both fall in. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the shark comes and gets him. Oh. Now the thing is, she was rescued the next day by a fishing boat. They found her. They never found Warren or the boat. Oh my God. Yeah. 
So she's the only survivor. Oh, wow. Out of the whole thing. So the thing is, like, you know, I, I don't know. I'm kind of like, would you want to survive that? Yeah. Like, obviously, yes. And, but, you know, I don't know if I would. You would, I don't you know. would be scarred, not just from, obviously, her foot injury, but, like, just mentally. Yeah. Jesus. Seeing everyone being picked off. The guy who chanced his arm, like, what did he die of? Like, what got to him? Yeah. Did he then try to swim or did he die of, like, dehydration or fall into the water or what? God. Yeah, because obviously the the boat sank. Oh, yeah. If they never found the boat. Oh, yes. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Do you know, it's just, and water and open water does actually scare me that quite a bit. That scares the crap me because I know I'm not a strong enough swimmer. Yeah. I'm not at all. I can all. swim a bit, but like that's it. I haven't tried it out in the ocean. Like no, and the fact that I can't see anything around oh God. really scares me as well, and the depth. Yeah. So it's the fact that it's it's as wide as it is deep. Yep. And there's just absolutely nothing. There's one bit where they're they're swimming over kind of coral and reef and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then they they obviously go over the shelf, so it goes really dark, and you're just like. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. And it just, yeah. I've always wondered if I'd actually be able to go on a cruise. I think I'd be too anxious not being able to see land. Yeah. And not being able to go right. Okay, if something goes wrong here, sounds really bad because I kind of feel like with something like that, you probably wouldn't die as quickly as you would in say maybe an airplane cra- mm. crash mm. kind of feel if you have a higher chance of survival yeah but and not that and it's much higher but it's it's higher I, and even if it's not that you don't survive but you have a higher chance of surviving longer until your like death that's coming but it's just going to be so more much more drawn of, out yeah. way more ways that you can die so you haven't died from the ship like hitting something yeah you haven't died for, you could die of the hypothermia but if you yeah. don't die of the hypothermia then you could actually just like die of a shark yeah and actually they get these floaties so they they cut up like um you know the buggy boards that you oh, get yeah, when you're yeah. younger so they cut them up so that everybody has like a floaty oh, okay and they do fall asleep yeah at some point but guy and the um the sister-in-law fall asleep sharing this tiny little floaty mm-hmm. and i was like if they could do that oh my Jack god and Rose, she could have shared that bloody door like Oh, 100%. I was like, it was proven in the reef. <laughs> yeah, and they did it on Mythbusters where they actually had on water a door of the same kind of how heavy it would have been, put two people on it, should have been around about the same weight. Totally fine. Yeah. Totally fine. Yeah. Selfish git. I know. It's very upsetting. Leo for life. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that was my one. And I'm like, myself and Shauna, I didn't know what I was talking about before when we went to Alicante. Mm-hmm. We were, um, where mm-hmm. we saw strangers first, but we were on the beach. <laughs> I'll have to warn her about me telling this story. There were loads of beaches and there were loads of people on all the beaches and yeah. we found this really remote beach and we were like, brilliant, we can mm-hmm. stay here. And her brother was in the water and he just, we noticed he was being brought out quite a bit. Yeah. So we went in because like, you know, two girls against the force of You can beat that the sea. Yeah. You can beat that. You can totally beat that. And um turns out you can't. Patty actually did get out. And then we were stuck in this riptide. Oh god. And like that, whatever way we went, the floor just went from underneath oh, us. So we couldn't Yeah, you couldn't even stand on tippy toes or anything. Yes. Yeah. 
And then these waves started to come in and I had this moment of like genius where we had these snorkels. And I was like, put your snorkel on. Because then at least even if you went under, you'd, you'd be, be able, able to breathe. To breathe. Yeah. No, but there, then there's smartness there. I thought it was, yeah. but then the waves were coming in. So these waves down. were coming down our snorkels. So then like we were getting it into our mouth from the snorkel oh, and then into God. the so just from everywhere. And the thing is, like Patty and Shauna are both like trained lifeguards. Yeah. Like they're excellent swimmers. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not a good swimmer at all. And for some reason, I, I was like, if I put my legs up here, I'll be brought out by the tide. So I can't put my legs up. And they were just like, put your legs up and you'll be able to swim. And I was like, I can't. Like, I'll, I'll be dragged out. Yeah. And uh, I was like, they can't get out of this. There's no way I'm getting out of this. Mm-hmm. And Patty did get out. And then um, Shauna's man came in and got me. Okay. And by the time she got me, Shauna had gone back under again. And we got, Sha- obviously we got Shauna out and we're all fine. Like, But, and the thing was, and we didn't know it. And it's good to know it now. If we had just gone back over to the right... Yeah, they we say were actually totally out of you it. have to swim, swim parallel parallel yes. to it instead of trying to swim through it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what Paddy had done. He had just kind of stepped over. Paddy, you don't know where no. the riptide starts and finishes. Exactly. And like there were these people on the cliff, like looking down, going, oh my God, those girls are drowning. And by the time we just got onto the beach, the lifeguards had just come down. Yeah. And it's funny, I was having the meltdown in the water where Shauna was really like, it's calm. okay. Yeah. She was so calm. I genuinely was like, okay, this is how I die. And my poor mom is never going what to get a body. I don't know. God. Um, I don't know, maybe 15, Jesus. 16. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> we it's got like, out. I don't know this story. And, it's oh, it it's was mental. awful. And it's funny, like, we probably just never talked about it because it was so... Near death. Yeah. And the minute Shauna got out, she collapsed. Yeah. She'd and held it together for as long as she needed to. And I was real like, what's wrong with you? We're fine. We're fine now, yeah. <laughs> get over it. Let's never speak of this again. So none of our friends will know. Never. And then we went back to the swimming pool and we were like, we're fine in the swimming pool because there's no riptides. Yeah. That's fine. But Shauna broke her nails. We went to the nail salon the next day. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. And the girl was like, oh yeah, no that place actually has a reputation for that tide and people do drown there and that's why it's empty yeah people don't go there and we just thought we had really lucked out absolutely on this beautiful beach were there no sign oh there probably were in spanish Uh, i don't know we just didn't even think of it like absolutely you just see a band and you're like great yeah so yeah the the, me and the sea just aren't the best of friends anyway no yeah so that was that's my horror and that is horror enough from, yeah from a um from a holiday but god god love poor patty and shauna and just yeah it was it was it was an ordeal Absolutely. it was an ordeal my next my last mm-hmm. so a couple's vacation so eden lake uh, no yeah we watched a trailer for that <laughs> it is difficult to say the least jesus christ yeah yeah and i haven't even seen the film oh no, no it's like but i think you should yeah i think you should um but also actually looking at the trailer with you again today i nearly got sick watching it was one film and we were saying this that watching the ad for it i would have been like oh they've put way too much into that it's so much worse god than the ad and the ad 
is horrific. Yeah. Like horrific. It's so tension building. It's like, you know, like you get that bit and I'm going to sound so prejudiced, but when you see like a gang of youths. Oh no, yeah. And you think, oh, you know, they're annoying me, but do I say anything? Do I not say anything? Because if I say anything, then they could just like, it could be worse back on you. Yeah. Um, but like that, the character, as I saw in the trailer, it's Michael Fassbender's character yeah. and he's like, stop playing the music, you're annoying us. And then they like start giving him aggro and then they steal their car or the car keys and all that. Like it just, it escalates in such a way that you think that that's what, in your mind, you it always really think that's does. what's going to happen. Yeah. And the thing is, it's Jack O'Connell yeah. from Skins. Yeah. And he, he plays the character of Cook in Skins so well. And he is this like real lovable rogue and stuff like that. But you know that he would beat the shit out of you. And then you watch you get this. get on his wrong side. And he's the main kind of gang leader. And he's terrifying. Like, he's really, really terrifying. And um, you just know that he plays it so well. They're so psychotic. They're psychotic. They're psychotic. And it's one of those movies that if you can, if you can stand gore, mm. like... You know the way the like the tagline for The Last House on the Left when it first originally came yeah. out was to prevent yourself from passing out, repeat. It's, it's just, just a, a movie. Yeah. It's just a movie. Yeah. It's just a movie. If you can repeat, it's just a movie. It's just a movie. It's yeah. just a movie. Watch this film. If you can't, it, it is actually, it's, there, it's I'm not. It's unrelenting. It's just like, there's so much blood. There's so much muck. Mm. And just everything just looks horrific and i i don't want to go too much into it because it was not what i thought no the ending was going to be it wasn't Jesus, yeah. anything that it's just one of those films that if you can if you can stomach the gore do it mm-hmm. like a hundred percent watch this movie it's terrifying it's horrific it is the it's everything that you would imagine is your worst nightmare when you go on a camping trip with your partner you just want to get away you're staying at home and then these absolute monsters monsters just take it upon themselves to this is what happens every time you think if you cause trouble with locals yeah what they could do to you yeah this is the worst case scenario played out in front of you the worst of the worst um, and I'm not going to go too much into yeah. it. That's as much as I'm going to say because it's actually just so it's too good to Yeah, because I've never seen it, but I know how it ends. Yeah. And But it's also, I'm not... Which I'm so disappointed that I know. you do. Uh, it got ruined accidentally for me. Um, I was watching a list thing yeah. on YouTube and I went, oh, bugger. But yeah. anyway, but I think I'd still watch it, but I don't know if I could watch some of the gorier parts. I probably yeah. would do it, but Jesus, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. It's watch the ad, realize that the ad is quite gory, and multiply it by yeah a hundred. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Yeah. So they were my main holiday films that I looked at or vacation films. There are so many when you think about it, because like you watch a lot of horror films and you stop and you go, oh wait, they are on a holiday. They're yeah. on a trip, a weekend trip, or this, that, and the other. There are so many. Like there's some I I wasn't even going to go into detail. Like I've spoken about enough, but Midsummer. Yeah. They're going on a trip. Us. Yeah. They're taking a vacation. And then there was one only because Shauna mentioned it recently that she watched. I wasn't going to mention it because I really didn't like it. Kevin Bacon's most recent film of You Should Have Left. She, yeah. Yeah, it's where they're in Wales. They take a trip and like that. It's an Airbnb kind of thing. 
and then it turns out in the end where like the home is haunted and it drags you there because you have sins that you need to repent for goes off so strange so bizarre and like just not done well okay great premise but not executed well yeah um and kevin make was actually he was bad for it he was not the right no, no. but like that there were just a few like there are so many we could yeah. have gone into so like many more. wolf creek yeah i still know what you did last summer yes and it was one that I found on Shudder as well and I didn't get to finish it so I didn't go into it mm-hmm. but there's one called uh, Bodum oh, okay. it's a Finnish film oh okay yeah it's it, it's based on um these kids were killed in the 60s and then they go these other kids go back to camp oh yeah I imagine something's gonna happen <laughs> I just haven't gotten there you yet. just wait there and you find <laughs> out what does happen so for next week's episode, we are discussing horror movies that were made for viewing by kids. Yeah, so, so all of the fun, absolutely Halloween. That's it. Because when we were doing our thirty-one days of horror on Instagram, and um, we were looking, one of them was PG thirteen horrors, and that does not equate to kids no. horror movies. No, so no, no, no. It's not that. It's no. more your hocus pocus. Yeah, goosebumps. Yes. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Absolutely. So like this, I'm sure we're going to be schooled again on how many films there are, horror films there are for kids that we've also seen. Yes. As adults, not just kids. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure to join us for a Trick or Treat Thursday this week with Stu Meller for some costume and special effects makeups. Just in time for Halloween. So you can follow us on Instagram on Because You're Home with an underscore under every word. And we'd really appreciate if you wouldn't mind rating us on whatever platform you listen to us on that would be it really gets us out there it brings us to the attention of people who might not have seen us so we're not just depending on you to go heard these two class gals listen to them (laughs) this will bring us out to people just randomly looking for new podcasts we'd really appreciate that and we will chat to you soon bye thanks so much bye just like bleep over reception (laughs) 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 (laugh